Hello and welcome to Game of Thrones, an uninformed podcast. I'm DB and with me as always is Amy Shanker. Hello. And Jared Levin. Hey, what's up? And we just got done watching episode five of season eight of Game of Thrones. And Amy and I, this is our first season of Game of Thrones. And Jared has watched all of the episodes and read all of the books. So he's our on-hand expert. And coming out of this episode, especially after last week, Amy, first thoughts, first reactions. It was crazy. Like insane. I've never, I didn't expect, I, I knew she would, she had it in her to be a real cunt. Daenerys. Yeah. Because last week you were only calling Cersei a cunt. Well, I think they're both cunts. I, oh, God. You don't? Uh, well, I don't know. I still have a soft spot for Daenerys. I like her braids. I don't have a soft spot for her because she is, uh, she's, she only leads with her heart. Can't do that. Okay, that's true. So you, you you think her passions got the best of her? Oh, for sure. She should have. She had sat on the dragon when the dragon landed on the wall, and that was it, and left it there. It would have been done. Yeah, that's a, that's a pivotal point, right? We're all wondering what she was going to do. I thought that she was just going to go straight for uh, what? What is that castle called? The Red Keep. The Red Keep, uh, and just take out. Cersei and that that would be a little bit too much and that that would be a transgression because they've already surrendered but then she just starts strafing the city the whole <laughs> like, city fucking a uh, it was kind of awesome to watch uh you know I mean you don't know those people see you like that because if she had just gone for the queen you would have been like obviously that's what she was going to do the whole time sure but she didn't she wanted revenge for Masande. yeah but I don't know if the civilians uh, selling fruit from carts were the ones responsible for cutting off Masande's head. Which makes her a cunt. It certainly doesn't doesn't make her nice. We got we to gotta take a incremental step. I mean, I've called people to... cunts for a lot less than that. You do? Like... You, you've called me a cunt many times in front yeah. of students, no less. Well, but you, I mean, to be fair. I kind of deserved it. Yeah, <laughs> you blow the transgression. I, it, but you use it more of like the English way, like hey, you're a good cunt, you know, like that kind of that kind of way. That's what I said to myself after you screamed at me, "You're a cunt." I said, "Ah, she's just used." No, it. I don't use it like that. That's never how I've meant it to you or anyone. Damn. Nope. Right. Well, now now I have some serious thinking to do. You did a medieval <laughs> drone strike. Yeah. Okay. So you're seeing some sort of. Uh, commentary on uh warfare and and drones like the dragons are a stand-in for for drone strikes jared oh yeah man totally uh george r martin himself was like yo i don't want to go to vietnam and then so maybe that maybe there's some references there okay instead of saigon people it's like medieval people (laughs) that's true yeah, it gives you just a touch of the of the uh, uh, crimes against humanity that happens in war. Yeah, and you know some of that imagery. Having just watched Apocalypse Now twice, because I watched it and then wanted to show uh, my wife because it was on Netflix. And um, yeah, like the the great imagery of like the forest just going up in flames is very similar to what uh, Daenerys is doing doing with Drogon. Absolutely, yeah. So that's interesting. So George R. R. Martin coming out of the, the Vietnam era, he he didn't want to go to war. And so that's sort of influenced his writing, huh? Yeah. Huh. 
That's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, onto something there. Um, before we dive into this week's episode in depth, do we want to say anything about the coffee cup from last week? I just tweeted about the coffee cup. I said, uh, I bet they could really use some coffee now. Hey. <laughs> <Zing>. Oh! <laughs> Uh, Follow me at Amy Shanker. <laughs> at, that's at Amy Shanker for zingers like that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and who's they? Who's the subject of this one? Uh, everyone. I mean, it just looked exhausting. The people at King's Landing? The ones who are burnt to a crisp? Dude, she didn't have her coffee. That's why she burned down the place. The theory is that Danny is a basic and she didn't have her coffee so she's like yo i didn't get my coffee i'm pissed and then she burns down king's landing she did look tired there was that close-up of her she looked tired if she only had some folgers you know like they probably have to use like the freeze-dried crystal shit but that's better than nothing you know when yeah it's at least something i think john's gonna need the coffee this time Coffee is like not a drink when when you're stressed out i feel like he needs a fifth of brandy or something it's crazy how they're the only two left for the throne now. So now it's going to be him versus her. Well, wait, we got Sansa back at Winterfell. She's not up for the throne. Let's be realistic. She's down on the well. She wants the north. She's cunning. What about what about uh, Tyrion? That was a theory I was liking this week. Was that uh, Tyrion was actually has actually been working on the part of Cersei the entire time throughout the entire series that he's actually been working on her behalf and kind of setting up Daenerys to come to King's Landing in order to be taken out by Cersei. It looks like I could have been wrong, but it's, well, this isn't my theory. This is a theory that I heard through, you know, other, other podcasts. There are no other podcasts, by the way. I think they were wrong. I I think so. Yeah. I think that it looks now like it could be wrong, but there was in the first uh, five, 10 minutes of the show, it was looking like, Hey, this could be playing out. Like he was looking really suspicious. He did look suspicious. I agree. But I think that he works more on behalf of, of her. Obviously now I think it's more obvious. I don't know. It could still be true. He appears to be a good character. He appears to be very concerned about the citizens as we see him watching what Daenerys is doing. Right, for sure. However, is that he's concerned because that that's the kingdom that he was hoping to take control of? Right, like now he's like, I, I don't think so. I think shit. that he had a genuine concern for the people. I think so. I think that's probably right. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's and when still... the belt, and I don't think that he's going to be on her side at all anymore. Oh no, yeah. Her and John, <laughs> like that's John, done. Yeah. He could be looking back at uh, Varys and being like, "Damn, why did I, why did I send him to his death?" Like he, Varys, right, was, was right. And I was very upset with Varys at the beginning because it's like, yeah snitch bitch man come on what are you doing why did he what was the letter that he wrote it was just a letter the part that i saw and of course there'll be people like on reddit and twitter right just freeze framing this and trying to get all of it but it looked all i got was that john is the true heir to the throne it was a letter explaining that he's the true heir that i was surprised he was going to send to somebody or I thought he was keeping in the event in the event that he died but then he burned it or so he burned one of them Ooh, yeah he burned the letter I bet he was writing a bunch of them and sending them out to Ooh, through Raven through all of Westeros 
Oh, so wait, so this Ravens thing, this is how they transmit information? Yeah. It's like a medieval email? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we use pigeons today, so times have really changed. How can pigeons be better than ravens for transmitting? Ravens are really smart. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, they're like crows, right? Crows and ravens are like kind of like the same family of birds. They're really smart. They can use tools. They remember faces, crows do. Mm. And the best part is that a group of crows is called a murder. That's fucking badass. Yo, I'm man. done with this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then before, before that, we do a crow joke. That's how we got to end the episode, too. <laughs> Last time we ended with a ugh. This time it's, I'm done with this. <laughs> I, 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 that's, that's exactly how it's going to happen. So should we uh, start with a recap? Yeah. All right. Definitely. Let's do a recap. We open on Varys writing a letter to George R. Martin apologizing for season eight. A child enters and tells Varys that Daenerys won't eat. He thanks her and reminds her why it's good to be a snitch. Varys welcomes Jon and tries to convince him to take the Iron Throne. Varys is now very comfortable openly discussing treason with others. Daenerys tells Jon someone has betrayed her, which is true. The producers blamed her for that coffee cup in the last episode. Daenerys knows that Jon told Sansa, who told Tyrion, who told Varys, that Jon is a Targaryen. So Game of Thrones is now like Degrassi Jr. High, but with dragons. This scene closes on a close-up of Daenerys looking old and tired. A nice touch. This is the director we deserve. Grey Worm takes Varys to be executed. Tyrion tells Varys he betrayed him, and Varys thanks him for being a friend. It's like a medieval version of the Golden Girls theme, except this one ends with Varys being burned alive by a dragon. Daenerys speaks with Jon and tells him that more people love him than love her. He tells her that he loves her. She tries to kiss him, and he resists. Not a good idea. Now she knows what he is to her, and she has a dragon. John's an idiot. Tyrion tries to tell Daenerys not to burn civilians alive, but she still wants to. Everyone needs their hobbies. Arya tells a soldier she's going to kill Cersei, and the Hound mumbles some more boring, indecipherable shit. Tyrion wants Jaime to convince Cersei that she's going to die. Jaime isn't interested until Tyrion offers an escape route for him and Cersei. He wants to repay Jaime for having protected him as a child. This is actually touching. But now we cut through the pathos with some ridiculous ship-mounted giant crossbows. There's a reason these never existed. They're fucking stupid. Civilians are closing their window shutters to protect against the imminent war. I never knew that's all it took if only more Londoners had shutters during the Luftwaffe air raids. The Golden Company is lined up outside King's Landing. A few of them look like they wish they'd gone to the bathroom before suiting up. Daenerys enters with Drogon. She ducks, yes, ducks, an arrow from one of those stupid giant crossbows. She's destroying everything. Unclear why she didn't do this last week, but, you know, last week was more of a filler episode. Daenerys begins blowing up King's Landing. The Golden Company is fucked. Grey Worm makes the first kill with a spear. King's Landing is fucked, and so are their stupid crossbows. Weird how the dragons are more believable than those. There's a showdown between Daenerys' army and the Lannister army. The Lannister army is fucked. The Lannister army tosses down their swords. They're giving up, which is what most Game of Thrones fans did by the end of last week's episode. They ring the bells, and Cersei knows she's fucked. Daenerys hears the bells, knows that she's now queen, and decides to fuck Cersei and King's Landing proper as a reward. She's earned it. 
Grey Worm starts slaughtering the unarmed Lannister army. He has no chin, which I find distracting. Daenerys is strafing all of King's Landing. Cersei is watching, but should probably go downstairs or something. Euron conveniently meets up with Jaime on the beach and wants to fight him. Daenerys is destroying the Red Keep. Euron kills Jaime. Kyborn tells Cersei it isn't safe there anymore, so apparently he's her advisor specializing in the obvious. Jaime kills Euron, but Euron's still happy he killed Jaime. The Hound and Gregor are going to fight. Cersei doesn't want Gregor to leave her side, but then he kills Kyborn, at which point Cersei gets the hint and decides to slip away. Gregor loses his helmet, and we get the Game of Thrones version of a Darth Vader reveal. Jaime somehow makes it from the beach to meet Cersei, and they have a very convenient reunion as the Red Keep is crumbling. Apparently, Jaime only had a flesh wound. The Hound stabs Gregor through with his sword, but, you know, he's already dead, so it doesn't do much. Daenerys is still strafing King's Landing, maybe not the best way to win the hearts and minds of the people, but let's not forget that Daenerys is still hot. Gregor and the Hound have a very different sibling relationship than Tyrion and Jaime. It's more like Eric and Donald Trump Jr.'s. Gregor tries to blind the Hound, and the Hound puts a knife through Gregor's head. Jaime is trying to save Cersei, but their way is blocked by debris. It's Jaime's baby, and Cersei wants it to live. Let's not forget that they're brother and sister. Yikes. They seem to be crushed as the walls fall in on them. Arya has survived. The two civilians she was trying to save have not. She finds a horse and rides out as credits roll. Oh man, yo, I think Jon Snow's like, yo, I slept with her? She's nuts. And then Tyrion's like, yo, man, I supported this crazy bitch. This is a good point. This is something that I have said many times. I I always realize it after I, after I slept with them. Oh man, she's nuts. Sometimes after I marry them. But you know what? We don't need to get into my uh, personal history. Twice. Why was, was Fire Green on your TV? Yes. Or do I have a shitty TV? No, that was a really cool looking effect. <laughs> Fact. So I don't know. We we need to get a, uh, a chemist on the show to explain that because I was, all I was thinking like, wow, there's something in that fire, and I know Jared definitely has an answer for this. Yeah. All right. Wait, the green's the hottest part of the fire. Yeah, it's also wildfire in the series. Okay. So so um when um Tyrion had to defend the King's Landing, he had to use uh wildfire to uh set Stannis's uh, fleet on fire. So there's wildfire throughout the city. So I think her fire was so great that it blew up the reserve wildfire thing. Wait, oh, wildfire is something that they have in King's Landing, like in a tank? Yeah, cause they have alchemists. Okay, all right. So oh, it's, so it's like a chemical? Yeah. Okay, and they is it like in a powder form, a gas form? I can't imagine that they would have canisters for gas at this time no it's like it's it's like a powder okay so it's a powder okay oh so it's kind of like a form of gunpowder she's blowing up their stores or they're blowing up as they're being strafed with fire yeah so yeah yeah that's what that was it's a cool effect i love the way uh, in general and i was uh mentioning this prior to to this episode the last episode was I, I mean, a lot of Game of Thrones fans, it seemed like, were not as enthusiastic about the last episode from listening to other podcasts. And um, Why didn't they like things. it? I mean, I understood why they didn't like it. Uh, it well, you, it was getting, you didn't like it. I didn't particularly like it. It felt 
very, it felt kind of campy. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoy all of this. Probably mm-hmm. because we only have to watch six episodes. I don't yeah. know about going back through 70, <laughs> 68 or 70 previous episodes. But I mean, but what I got the sense of from watching last episode is like, okay, this is a fun show, but it's not like a great show. Like it, it's, it's kind of campy and it's fun, but it's not like it should be taken, you know, too seriously and hailed as this like amazing piece of, of art. It's fun. And that's, and that's great. Like, I don't mind that. But well, what do you think about this episode? This episode, well, yeah, but that's every everything that comes out that has a following like that is is campy. I don't know because it it does differentiate itself from I think The Sopranos or The Wire. Those are two like really formidable shows that had like generated this huge following, and they never The Sopranos was always kind of self aware enough to be funny, and it like it, it was almost like even the creator says like I was never quite sure if this was a serious a drama or a comedy because there's a lot of funny elements throughout The Sopranos. I never got that. I was always mm. kind of terrified by just that that world. Uh, the Wire is, it has its following, but, you know, The Wire is not, like, campy. I mean, I always hail The Wire as, uh, you know, sort of like the, the hallmark of that sort of thing. The first season of I haven't Detective, seen The Wire. It's, it's excellent. I mean, it's, it's so good. But what this reminds me of so much is because this episode was directed by the director of The Long Night, which, okay, plot-wise, we had our problems with, but visually, it was just stunning. Also, the director of Battle of the Bastards and Hard Home, which are two episodes that I went back and watched. We don't have to get back into that yeah. yet. Oh, <laughs> man. Amy's got the but, contempt. Ooh. But those were, especially <laughs> Battle of the Bastards, they had, they had a cinematic feel they were visually just stunning and this one was the same way it feels like a different show between last week to this week it feels like an entirely different show and that's because the director matters right i think that's what the the, something that this show is illustrating is that it's so important and when you don't have a consistent director throughout it's going to be choppy and jumpy and inconsistent in its in its tone well i think that when one of them one of them always directs the battles and one of them directs the not battle episodes so you have to have somebody that's when you're directing the battle like he had um people on the ground of the battle so that you could get the perspective of what it was like to be like in this as a even as a peasant on the ground like running around and how dangerous it was fantastic you know yeah. I think that's why they had a riot like that. But you don't really necessarily need that during the scenes when there's not a battle. You don't need a guide. True, you don't need that. But think about what this director did even in the scenes prior to the battle. The scene between Daenerys and Tyrion was expert. I mean, it was re- it looked really good. It really drew you in. I think that this director does does the quiet moments and he lets them linger. Uh, mm-hmm. long enough to really kind of set this and it doesn't just cut to the next scene in these quiet moments it's going to let it linger long enough to really draw you in, in in a way that a movie does because a movie has the time to to do that in the focus uh, what this reminds me of too is again Twin Peaks in the sense that in 
Whenever David Lynch came in to direct an episode in the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, it felt like in a completely different show. In the back half of season two, the show was just kind of junk. It was campy, incredibly campy, and it was like ridiculous. And then he came in at the very last episode and it felt completely different. And like this director, if this director had been the director for all of Game of Thrones, you would have a much different uh, show, probably more formidable from start to finish, I think. And from your perspective, yeah. Well, I think, but but no, this is actually, well, the reason, the only reason that I, as the uninformed podcast, uh, Game of Thrones viewer has come into this is just by listening to other podcasts. And they've the, they've the ones who have brought out the name of this director and identified him uh, specifically. So this is like out there, Game of Thrones fans are aware of this, uh, that this director hmm. When they see his name, they know that this is going to be like a stronger episode. And I'm just saying, like, you can, even as a newbie, you can really see it. You can feel it between last week to this week, I think. So I don't know, Jared, how, how do you feel, though, about like, yeah, like the difference, like between last week to this week, even you, you were kind of skeptical about last week's show, too. Yeah, I was. And it was, you know, when we were watching it, too, you could just tell the tone kind of shifted, you know? You, you felt that even with the dialogue, you, you felt the dynamics. And then even, even like, you know, with the, you know, the action scenes, you, you see, you see there's like a chaos and you kind of, feel the emotion you see the emotions in and he kind of like lets that settle in so you understand where the characters are coming from yeah like when uh you know they're charging in you know they surrender and john you see john snow's reaction and then you, you cu- cut it to gray worm gray worm's like i'm gonna kill them ah! <laughs> and then john snow's like wait wait oh no you know you, you see he's like what the fuck i'm sleeping with this crazy bitch uh these on these ballless genital guys just want to just kill everybody i'm like this is nuts what did i get myself into and you see that in the facial expression and then you see the foil of like gray worm just going in with his spear just stabbing the fuck out of everybody yeah and then everybody following suit like and him clearly understanding that this was the plan all along and that he wasn't brought into it and at that moment john should know that he is short for this world unless he can um, find a way to get away and get to Daenerys first. Because just knowing that he wasn't brought in on the plan is probably an indicator to him that he's going to he's gonna die soon too. Daenerys is going to take him out probably or has that potentially in mind. And I think it's just a, a heads up to him. So now he knows, though, to either get on board or, yeah, if he's not on board, then no, to take her down. Well, he knows he has to take her down. I think so. And Arya felt, felt that way, too, with the, with oh, the one yeah. scene when you see the f- people getting burned. When they when you look at Arya's face. Yeah. You know, and it's not so. And when they do the expressions, it's not uh so corny, like and, and like on the nose like there are other episodes so amy you'll be happy to know that this week i did not watch any other game of thrones episodes except for the reign of castamere and because i wanted to see the red wedding and when you watch see, that this episode is, this is the problem with doing a <laughs> podcast with you is that you establish rules for everyone and then you decide that you don't want to follow your own rules so you just have other people follow your you know who you remind me of Daenerys. Daenerys. yeah i was just gonna say You're uh, Daenerys I'm Daenerys. with much worse hair there for the dragon queen my, my hair does not braid as beautifully as no. Daenerys. 
I don't know Your what's hair... going on with it. I've never been able to no, get it under is, control. No, this is this is male ego. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. You that you're that you're doing what you're doing without hair that fabulous. That's male ego. You're like, I don't even need the hair. I can just do it. No, you can't. Oh. <laughs> no, you can't. I was going to say, I think this hair screams like uh, I have no self-esteem. <laughs> I just like this is what I'm willing to go out Yeah, the hence like. the male ego. I don't even need self-esteem <laughs> to do this. No, I, but, no, but I, 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 I'm not going to go into to that episode. But I will say, like, it, it, again, it was unimpressive, uh, except for kind of like the end. But still, again, you don't feel like the director. You don't feel like this this mood and tone is, is with this director. But even last week, like, you know, there's a lot of looks, you know, looks that are conveying meaning. But they are like... They're almost like 1960s Batman with like how much they emphasize them and like put like a big neon light around them. But in this episode, again, I I don't feel that way. He doesn't try to telegraph it quite as much. And so I, 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 the, like the look that we were getting from Arya and well, even varies in the beginning. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. Varies is always co- calm and composed, but you know, he was like, ah, shit. There it comes. I'm dead. So yeah. So let's go back yeah. to yeah to varies and that scene where he's being taken. We know that he's fucked uh, because we come out of the scene with Daenerys and Tyrion. That scene was so good. That was a good scene. Uh, and the look. What I really appreciated was it ending on that close up of Daenerys, and she looks old. Now. Having just gone through and not even actually watching these other episodes, but just going through the thumbnails of previous episodes, you see how young she looked back in these earlier episodes. And so, and I got that from Arya, too. So, uh, again, as somebody who hasn't watched Game of Thrones, okay, so it's like 10 years, but these are 10 formative years for the some of these characters because they're young people. So you see them age. But Daenerys looked old and i like that i like that when an actress and an, in particular an actress because you know it's a thing with women in hollywood always you know having the, this need imposed upon them to always be the young and beautiful but being willing to kind of go makeupless she looked relatively makeupless or maybe it was makeup to make her look older that was she makeup is. but she it was she looked old. She looked tired. She looked a little run down and haggard. And I like that. I love those, like that kind of natural look, even if it was. Well, I mean, everyone has a type though, you know? No, no, no. But, but she, I mean, she's, she's been, you know, young and pristine and this beautiful, you know, queen, but just even from an actress's standpoint and from a, a filmmaking standpoint to being willing to show, the blemishes, I guess, is what I'm saying. And I like that. I think that's good. And it really conveys a sense of where she where she is as a character, too. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I got that she was tired and all that stuff and, and that they did it like either makeup list or heavy makeup that look, made her look older. But like, I don't think that she looked that old. And also, why does that have to do what's age have to do with? I like because Jon like Snow people- looks like. I like Shit, people embracing you know? their age rather than than trying to deny it or cover it up. I like that. Oh, yeah. I think that that's fine. But I don't think that that was the point of the scene. I thought that the point was just to show that she's exhausted from her from the betrayals that she's just experienced and, the, and from the death of her friend. I feel like it was just to show that. 
Sure, right? And which does have a way of aging you, right? The stress. Stress has a way of, of aging someone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not me, but yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> no. So after she has this conversation with Tyrion, then we go to the execution of Varys. And it was it was actually um, really touching, I think, this moment between Varys and Tyrion, where Tyrion just admits to him that he is the one who told Daenerys and then you know Varys turns to him and says you're a good friend old friend old friend wow to the guy who just set you up set you up for an execution yeah like best friend you, 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 it's like it's like they're playing you know they're playing their positions you know Varys believes in the people and he's like I think she's not going to be a good ruler she I don't trust her temperament and Tyrion's like I'm loyal to the queen you know I'm I'm, I'm going to try to be loyal and Varys didn't take it personally he's like well our our ideas conflicted and I pay the price I guess yeah you understand when you're playing this game that this is a potential outcome and I guess he did but man that I think he knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as he told the secret, though, I think he knew. I think he always knew that was the risk. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that's yeah, that's exactly what Jared was saying. But it, it it and and that yeah, you understand the risk, and then you just accept that if it doesn't go that way, like hey, I guess this is this is what'll happen. I'll be executed. Yeah, because when he was about to be executed, he was like, "I hope I'm wrong," right? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you get? Yeah. He was not wrong. By the way, yeah, yeah. he was right. <laughs> I think we. Think he was we all... very much. That's why he was killed <laughs> because the devil you know versus the devil you don't. That's what Mister Scott always used to say, and why he wouldn't fire us. <laughs> <laughs> that's our own principle. <laughs> it's why. Oh, uh, so that's so that's why we were able to stay Keep teachers. Yeah, because yeah. he just thought, you know what? I know they're bad. But I know what I I'm dealing could be, with. Could be much worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Little did he know that, no, we were pretty much the worst. He, he should have fired us. Yeah, horrible. And it turns into a sitcom and everyone laughs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually what I was going to say prior to this episode, given how last week's episode was and how I felt it was turning into camp, is that I just hope the entire series ends on a freeze frame of John and Arya and Sansa laughing with like uh, studio applause, you know, like that whole, that, <laughs> that whole cliche. To prove the campiness, Starbucks cup. Right. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a Starbucks cup, unfortunately. It wasn't Starbucks. It, like, it was from around. Yeah, it was their catering service. Like, Uh-oh. Starbucks needs free publicity. Yeah, man. And Starbucks Where's coffee Scotland? is awful. Scotland? Scotland. <laughs> yeah, it's the land of Scots. I, I don't want to unrelate. Uh, I had a feta at Starbucks this morning while I was teaching a surf lesson. And I, ha- I literally had to take the runs, like, I, I I had a I had to go barefoot and shit in a uh, public restroom. <laughs> those rest those public restrooms at the beach at Santa Monica are some of the fucking worst. They are disgusting. Uh, that yeah. is horrifying. And I just want to throw in there. Allegedly, we don't want to get sued by Starbucks. They didn't. We can't say definitively that Starbucks gave you the runs. But That's uh, true. allegedly they're fe- feta like spinach cheese? and feta. Oh, okay. maybe it's old. Yeah, you gotta look at the. Dates. I might be lactose intolerant, dude. My body reacts weird to cheese. I think that's what uh, Starbucks is gonna claim. Yeah, in the you court. could be. It's something that kind of happens when you're older. I think makes sense. Like it, it starts to develop worse. Stay away from feta. Oh man, feta! I won't stay away from pizza though. That's the moral. 
of this story. Uh, well, that's good because there's mostly just um, uh, mozzarella in that. So then we have this scene when Daenerys talks with John, and this is like, and this whole fireside, this is another thing where I just love the direction of it because it actually, it doesn't feel corny. It feels really moody. It's a bit like um, Michael Corleone in The Godfather too, right? Except Daenerys is the Godfather and John is coming to speak with her. He's Diane Keaton. I guess we want to keep the metaphor going, but like this whole sitting by the fireplace and it's going to be, she's sending out her, you know, her Robert Duvall in the form of Grey Worm. Right, like I'm just gonna have this conversation privately, and it's like she's she is testing him, and the test is does she does he still want to fuck her, and she, he doesn't, and she's pissed. It's his aunt. Yeah, but the thing with them being aunts is like they weren't. <sighs> They didn't know. They weren't raised together. Like it, there's not the the family dynamic and the you know the primary or secondary caregiver dynamic that they were raised together. That's what makes you know the aunt and uncle or anything like that really bad. Apart from the bio- the biology and having kids, but we know that Daenerys can't have kids. Yeah. So Daenerys can't have kids. She's been a total stranger until they met when they were old. So it's not like it's not the same as like they were raised around each other and were at family reunions and family gatherings as he was a child. And Plus her mom a- and dad are brother and sister. Oh yeah, yeah that's it's right. It's not weird to her. It's weird to him. It's weird to him. It yeah, we clearly see that. And it's-, it's also just for the record weird to me and I don't know why it's not weird to D. Uh, I I will say this. Um if you go on Pornhub, <laughs> stepbrother and stepsister and Mom and dad, you know, mom fucking son porn, pretty real big. It's very popular. It's hit. It became popular, more popular with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, do we rarely? Is that? Is there a correlation? I I wonder. Yeah, you see the trends in porn with the trends in in TV. You heard it now from Amy. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Mark my words. Mark Amy's words. That's that's interesting. You know, it's not that it's not weird. It's just that. In this world, it's not quite, it's not as weird as like Jamie and Circe or any of the other myriad fucked up incestuous relationships. No, it's not as weird. It's the same thing, though. I mean, it's not that different. You're, you're, you're excusing them because they didn't know it. But let's say you had a long lost aunt who came back into your, because they didn't know each other. But let's say you had a long lost aunt. She just came back into your life and she was hot in your age. Would you be like, yeah, we should get married? Well, answer. No, no, because, but if, (laughs) but if, what if we just happened to connect via OkCupid or whatever and we, we and don't then know. you found out that she was your aunt? And then you found out months later or a year. How long have they been Are you together? still dating? I don't know. Yeah, maybe and you're still dating. It's like a year, half maybe. a year, a year later. And then you find out that there, you're, you, know, you have this family lineage that connects you. She can't have kids. You're not going to have kids. Does that, should you, but you're in love? Should you, I mean, should you, should that. Are you going to introduce him to your dad, her sis, her brother? And they all don't know her that they're the family either. Like this person has been like adopted. Like it's like adoption. Adoption's different. This is an adoption. 
how is it but it's like she was adopted away because they share genes it's just weird like you know he was a targaryen until you know it's the shared genes i get it but again like we know that daenerys she cannot have kids like, I guess right. that, I guess that was established yeah. some, at some point, right? So she can't have kids. Oh, so speaking that... of kids, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh, Jared. Jared's oh, he mentioned this one. He's like, I think nobody in the podcast. Maybe it's obvious, but hey, we may be uninformed in this podcast. But we are also dumb. <laughs> we called it. For I mean, Cersei was pregnant with Jamie's uh uh baby. And you're giving you're you don't have to say the collective we. That was you. That was all you, sir. You said that. You get the credit for that one. Yeah, who's uninformed now, bitches? Wait, I'm not uninformed. I don't get what just happened. Oh, Jared Jared, Jared had predicted uh last episode and maybe the previous episode as well that Cersei's child, Cersei's pregnant with Jamie's child. And that's her. Oh, brother. it's not the other guy. Right. Which was impossible because how would Tyrion know? That's right. And how many podcasts say Wound Wounds is Zombie Giant? Well, now I am. I didn't catch that at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jared called it. And Jamie and uh, Cersei are brother and sister. And they're, she wants to protect their baby. Unclear if they died at the end of this episode. I feel like they're they dead. didn't. But You don't? It's going to be one of those things where you thought they were dead. Nope. They were just covered in a little bit of rubble. Right? Did you guys, did you, did you believe that they're, I think they're dead. They're dead. But, you know, hey, next episode comes sitcom campy director. Yeah, yeah, it could I be. Ho- the- <laughs> Dude, I hope it doesn't happen because that's the last episode. I we st- want it to be epic. I still want that laugh end on that laughing freeze frame. But I think they're dead. It wouldn't surprise me if they survived. How the fuck did Jamie get from the beach to then find her in the crumbling castle after he's been stabbed through in the side with a fucking sword. This is ridiculous. He's got a golden hand. The love. It's the power of love. It's making my voice go up. The power of love for his sister, I guess. But that's a that's a fucked up one right there. It's all fucked up. That's more fucked up. I feel weird defending John and Daenerys, but I really do think that there's a way in which you can excuse that one and say, like, that's okay. No, I think you're trying to excuse something you've done in your past that we don't know about. No, I, no. I can't even, like, weirdly joke about that. It's just too, too fucked up, but... I mean, oh, now it's too fucked up. Well, yeah, because I don't have any ants that I didn't know grow- growing up, you know? How do you know? What if one pops up tomorrow? But no ants that were my age, right? That's the other thing. It's like they're like the same age, you know? My my family doesn't have any of that wacky stuff where people were having I don't know what how does that even happen? Like they have to have be having kids with like really young people or you know yeah you just marry and young and then you have a half aunt no then they would be older i don't know i can't really crawl down that rabbit hole but no i just think that they're i understand where john's coming from but john could find a place to be okay with it um but maybe not so john's much now. too pure of a person to find a place to be okay with it he's a very he's very much like virgin mary here and he's also kind of dumb because if he was really strategically thinking, he would understand that Daenerys is really turning quickly into a cold-hearted woman who is not not. And he even knows from the past she's not above killing people, right? That she needs to kill 
uh, on her way to becoming the queen. By not kissing her, he's giving her a reason to doubt his allegiance. Just fucking kiss her again, dude. And It's not to doubt her allegiance. She should have some respect for him, too, if he don't want to kiss her. Because it's his aunt, then that's a power play too. <laughs> yeah, but this is well, but it, it, it. You think he should play the game, but he's never, he's not a game player. He just does everything the the way that he thinks is morally right. And that's the Stark family trait of being stupid and naive, which is what Sansa always says, <laughs> uh, or kind of implies, because you know he was raised by Ned Stark, and Ned Stark was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be honorable," and then gets his head cut off. Season one, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry everybody. Spoiler alert for season one. <laughs> Played by Sean Bean. <laughs> 006 as well. <laughs> Do we want to say anything about this whole Tyrion Jamie situation? Which I thought was still gonna when he was going in there, I thought that's where ah, this is where the internet was right. Tyrion is betraying Daenerys, um, and he's always been about protecting Cersei and whatever. But this scene was actually actually really touching. I was surprised. And again, this comes down to it again. Another director doing this might not have gotten it the 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 same impact, but it's really touching. These are like brothers and the the one brother was looked out for him as Jamie the older brother. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad hated him. So uh um Tywin's brother or uh, Tyrion's brother, Ty, uh Tywin. So he was always looked down upon his whole life and really? Jamie was the only one who was well and his uncle Garyon but uh Jamie always uh looked out you know they were always close despite yeah. their you know despite Garyon Tyrion Jamie and Tyrion yeah Jamie Jamie and Tyrion were very close cuz oh. Jamie was the favorite son he's the golden hand guy yeah Oh okay he was the favorite yeah oldest son you know good looking good good swordsman you know you know, hmm. ideal heir, and you know Tyrion's. It was a good it. scene. I'll say that. Yeah, just Tyrion, Peter Dinklage, man, that the guy's awesome. I, I, I just, uh, I thought that was. What do you think about his accent? I thought that was great. Well, the accent is, again, I know I broke the rules when I went back and watched which one was it. I think it was uh, Hard Home, but Hard Home. We don't home, need to know. When you go back there, this isn't and a you, comment. No, no one needs to hear this. And you hear him talk, and I was like, that's where I noticed do, it. I'm like, it, what the do fuck this is he... in the voice of Peter Dinklage. That's the only way I'll listen. I can't even... Like, <laughs> from when you, from Hard Home, it was this, like, weird... It had this weird affect to it. I, I, again, like, I can't really... I, I don't know. I can't really remember it. But it was it was very apparent. And then in this season, just jumping back in, it's like, oh, okay. So we just decided we're not going to stick with that. <laughs> right? It's the... Of course, separated by years. I don't know. You could you could lose an accent, I guess. But, you know, I don't know. Or, you know, you got to block that an American's doing a Brit accent. Yeah. And I always thought True. that he was he was British. But, um, yeah, you clarified that last week that he actually is um, uh, American. Hmm. But then it's right after that that we <laughs> then cut to like the, one of the worst scenes from last week, which was those uh, giant crossbows killing um, 
Oh, the, the dragon. dragon. These stupid crossbows on these ships. And this time, Daenerys comes in and just starts strafing them uh, with her dragon. Why not do that last week? Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? I think it's kind of a fool me once type of thing. Last week, they weren't going to war. This week, they were. Last week, they were still trying to to negotiate. Oh, so they... They just broke the rules. We, we, we haven't started yet. And now that we started, now I can destroy you with a couple of swoops. I think that she still thought there was hope between, like, she wasn't evil yet. She wasn't ready to burn the city. She wasn't set off. Her best friend was still alive. But no, no, no. But these are the ships. These are the ships. The Iron Fleet. Um, yeah, I'm just talking about the ships haven't gotten to the city yet. She burns the Iron Fleet down, and she had two dragons the last episode. And it's like, how do you not burn the Iron Fleet with two dragons? How do you not see them? And then after they kill one of your dragons, how do you not just take them out right there? Just go around and get them from the back. They were all facing one way. Those ships. She don't... wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. Uh, you know, I think she more than made up for it. What does she need to do to get ready? I think that emotionally she was not there. I think she needed to think about her actions before she she went through with it. We saw some cool close-ups of the dragon uh, this time. And one of the things that I've noticed about the, the dragons is they're, they're, they remind me of Guy Fieri. Is that intentional in any way? They got this spiky hair. Whenever I see them, I'm thinking of... And they, they, they kind of have the same like round face. I'm just saying. Yo, man. A lot of diner food. Now, what were your guys' expectations for how this battle was going to go? Did you think that it was going to go in Daenerys' way so swiftly? Uh, John and Daenerys, I guess you could say. Now, t- in, in the scene with Jamie, Tyrion was really convinced that, look, it's going to happen tomorrow. Cersei's not going to be queen anymore. Just point of fact, accept it and move on. But... I had always thought, even coming out of last week, that that's not a guarantee because it seems like their armies are their army is depleted. They got one dragon. Uh, they got these crossbows that can clearly kill the dragons. I didn't think it was a slam dunk for the army of the north, Daenerys' army. No, not at all. But it really does just they just sweep through them. The again, I guess, you know, the dragons take out the ships and then she just goes into King's Landing and then just blows open the the front gates and takes out the the Golden Company uh, who then get mowed. down. Well, I don't think that it would have happened last week if her friend hadn't died and if her dragon hadn't died. I don't think that it would have been like that. I think it would have been a more like regular battle soldier to soldier instead of dragon to city wait if if her dragon hadn't been taken out last week yeah if the one hadn't been taken well if her dragon last week hadn't been taken out then it would have been a twice as swift slaughter well it's fun it's funny what you mentioned about um john snow being an idiot it seems like it seems like it's a stark trait in the male line to uh be try to be honorable but to be so honorable and naive where you think people aren't going to stab you in the back okay Okay, and I've heard that mentioned with, is it right, with respect to the Red Wedding? Was, was there yeah. a Stark thing in there? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was Rob Stark's stupidity because Rob Stark should have married one of the Freys, and then he didn't, and then he ended up 
his his mom uh ended up marrying um his brother the lord of uh riverrun edmure tolly with one of the phrase but the phrase were so pissed off that they ended up killing him and they disrespect and, and and you know they followed the rules of hospitality where you know there, there's no violence in the rules of hospitality, you know. And he didn't listen to his direwolf. His direwolf was barking like danger, danger, danger. But he's like, oh well, you know, hey man, you know, we're in a <laughs> wedding, you're uninvited, unarmed. Oh, okay. So you know, it's it's, it's stupid, naive shit like that. Okay, and, you know. Well, but we all. And and you as well agree that we were on Team Daenerys as yeah. recently as last week. Yeah. Um. I mean, if that's the case, then then we all miss the signs. I mean, well, that's true. I mean, Amy and I only missed the signs since um, you know, April fifteenth of this year. But you going have have you seen signs to indicate? I mean, apart from maybe her family lineage with her being the daughter of a Mad King. Yeah. Um, but other than that, have you seen signs of her being? It's just like slowly, where it's like you kind of write it off. You're like, all right, she killed her enemies that refused to surrender. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, okay, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, even Tyrion with his like wise gapes was like, well, you know, uh, you know, a queen's gonna do what a queen's gonna do. Yeah. You know, the queen's got a queen. Yeah, but she crossed the line when that 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 was unexpected. You know, when a bell rang and but. In the past, so you're saying that, yeah, there were moments where you as a viewer and, of course, even, you know, Tyrion as an advisor kind of say, uh, maybe that wasn't really necessary. But then you kind of go, ah, okay. And is that partly or largely because she's hot? Dude, yo, it might be it. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm even watching this today and I'm like, God, she's really beautiful (laughs) (laughs) and of course sans is like sees right through that shit Uh, sans is beautiful too but sansa sansa like gives me a chill because she's very icy like she and she scares the shit out of me Well, she's um, been through the ringer, you know. She's yeah. been through a lot. Maybe it's not entirely because of the choke collar, but yeah. she's she, she just seems like you don't fuck with uh, Sansa in any way, and that there would be no forgiveness for any transgression. If we saw the same actions from Sansa as uh, we saw from Daenerys over the years, you think that then... By last week, you would you would not have been so Team Sansa. Yeah, uh, that's interesting, right? Is it the is it the sort of is there something just in the innocence of how Daenerys' appearance that speaks to our uh, bias? I think yeah, I think it is the in, the innocence of her appearance in her background. Okay. Oh, her background having come f- sort of from nothing, or the background having come from a Mad King. Come, you know, coming from like be living in exile, and yeah, and maybe that sounds contradictory. How can you be come from nothing if you're the daughter of a king? Yeah. But because she was exiled and she she created it all, she had everything taken away and then created everything out of out of nothing. Yeah, that that whole Tyrion line, what she walked in with two stones and came out with two dragons or something. Yeah. Was that last week or that he said that? Yeah, I think it was last week. That was a good quote. Yeah. But I, you know, but here's the here's here's the foil though. Jon Snow grew up thinking he was a bastard the whole time, so he doesn't have the divine right that Daenerys has too. 
And then the rule about House Targaryen is you're because of all the inter- inbreeding they do, you're either like a great ruler or you're a complete tyrant. Okay. And there was speculation. We're like, whoa, is Daenerys kind of got that Mad King gene going on? And, you know, obviously Jon Snow, not in inbred, you know. He's kind of more of a inspires people, has a good moral authority. It was a whoa shit moment uh, here where Jared and I were watching when Daenerys' army confronts the Lannister army. And that looked like it was going to be really vicious, like that was going to be a hard-fought battle. But I think it was Tyrion who suggested that they would surrender. Then why why are they going to surrender? Just because they know the the way the chips are stacked? Or yeah. they're the going to surrender? Like dragons just burn everything. And then they're like, all right, well, here comes the Unsullied. Here comes the Dothraki. Here comes the North. Okay. And and so they just, they, they read the tea leaves. Or not even read the tea leaves. They just saw everything that's happening. It's not because they were disloyal inherently to Cersei. They just know that we're either going to die or... Yeah, this is a losing battle. Let's just give up. Yeah, they were like, as soon as they figured out that Cersei was putting us in the position to use us as pawns, that's when they would have been like, no. Was the Lannister army being used as pawns or just being used as defense? Oh, I thought we meant the people, too. Well, no, the people didn't surrender. No, the people didn't surrender. They couldn't. I mean, they were they were just there to they were there to thinking that they were going to be protected by being inside the walls. I mean, it is kind of, you can understand, yeah, the civilians gamble, right? It's either we could go out into the countryside and try to avoid this, but you could also be overtaken by armies or soldiers out there and raped and killed, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why you stay home. But they that that is what they did. They stayed home then inside. I mean, they have like small houses and villages i'm sure like out surrounding the walls of king's landing right but they go that's where they should have stayed well that's what i'm saying is like their gamble is they could stay there but then depending on how this army wants to behave they could just be slaughtered there too and not have any chance right they could just be raping and pillaging yeah there's like a power and numbers type of thing but i think that um once dragons are involved everything's off the table i want a dragon you you want a dragon you want to ride it yeah i'd love to have a dragon fuck conceal and carry <laughs> what a yeah. dragon yeah a dragon would be it would be much much more intimidating and when we were kids my brother had this kick-ass toy i think was it Tiamat from Dungeons and Dragons? It was like the five-headed dragon. It was fucking awesome. Oh, it's so mm. cool. Yeah, like no dragons are cool. I definitely, I definitely understand the attraction to the to the dragons. But now this dragon with Daenerys behind it, I thought that uh, so the the dragon doesn't have any sort of moral compass. I thought like the dragon seems t- was sort of had I think it has a loyalty I don't think it has a moral compass yeah she follows Danny it's a dragon so because I was surprised that it was just willing to see innocent civilians and just start strafing all of of them but it can't point out the difference between innocent civilians and soldiers why would that why would a dragon know the difference so it's sort of like how Hitler had a German shepherd and the dog loved him yeah yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's always that's always bothered me. <laughs> it's like the fucking 
how can the dog yeah and like serial killers or something that have like pet dogs and the dogs I'm sure precious like, yeah oh yeah 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 puts the lotion in the basket that guy so the Lannister army surrenders because they understand that they're fucked okay cool then they they ring the bells to surrender and then this is where shit gets gnarly right because now we're sitting there we're watching Daenerys I thought she was I think, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I thought she was just going to, as uh, an uh, an unjustified show of aggression, she was going to go destroy the castle, the Red Keep, and take out Cersei and maybe a few civilians, but she would still be able to kind of come back and still in some way justify it or or not be, it still have an option to get the people on her side. Right. Yeah, I thought she would have done that too, but she got real mad. She took it very personal. No coffee. But why is she so angry to just want to just needlessly slaughter all of them? Is it is it the idea that well, I've already gone this far? So this is what I was thinking as I was watching it, and we mentioned this I think uh, last week is you know the uh, a connection to Macbeth. Where it doesn't matter, you know, who the so at the end of Macbeth, spoiler alert, Macduff is going to um, become king. And we think that now everything is settled. He's the good guy. He's the one who's honorable. But there are lots of indications in previous scenes, subtle, that Macduff is not actually uh, as uh, valiant and heroic a character one of them being he leaves his wife and kids behind to get killed by Macbeth what did you think was going to happen Macduff but then also at the end um, we know that one of Banquo's kids survived so what's going to happen is Banquo's kid is going to eventually grow up and try to you know, take the throne how do you take it by killing uh, killing at least the king probably uh, killing uh, other in- innocent people perhaps innocent is like the, the quotes but this is just what happens, right? That there's no way to get to be a ruler. She didn't have to do that. Uh, no, she didn't have to do that. They she would've... didn't have to, but she's already killed so many innocents. She might as well kill more. No, she's sending a message to John. She's sending a message to John? I feel like that's what she's doing. <laughs> oh, just to fuck you. Don't Whoa. fuck with me. <laughs> wow. Okay, wait. No, I did not think of that at all explain that a little bit more <laughs> i just think that because john knows he's entitled to the throne but he doesn't want it allegedly but she doesn't trust him at all okay anymore and she doesn't trust anyone else because she can't and everybody knows the secret and everyone knows that the thing's coming out about john and so to send a message to him to stay in his place because she knows that he's a humanitarian type person that she's like burn it to the ground and he's gonna know to not fuck with me now last week we did establish that you could not be Daenerys in light of what just happened uh in this week's episode and in light of what you just said you may now be Daenerys I am so glad that you, you can are not see in me a, doing that that you are not in a position with a dragon um because it never crossed my mind it's such a sociopathic thing to think like I'm just gonna slaughter all these people to send my boyfriend a message <laughs> I'm not saying that it's that it's uh, right. 
I'm just saying that I think that was one of the reasons behind it. But just the thought process to even connect those dots, I never thought, I never thought that. Well, so, why did she? And I'm, she I am saying I'm a better person than you, by the way. She didn't. Well, everyone knows that's not true, <laughs> but she didn't go after the queen at all. The person that she was allegedly starting this whole thing for, she didn't go after her. She went after all of her people in her whole city and she didn't do anything to her. Well, I don't think that's entirely fair because when she starts destroying the castle, after she's made her way through all the destroying all the streets, she does then start destroying the castle where she knows Cersei is. But right, but she, she was her. like, "I want you to watch me do all of this." Now that I think could be more accurate than sending John a message. And but I not, want my boyfriend to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I want my boyfriend to watch. Which I actually, I really find that interesting. I think that's that's damn cool. And so even taking that maybe a step further is if she knows that perhaps John is going to make a claim for the throne or at least that all the people want him to make a claim for the throne, she's going to make it so fucking difficult for him to do that because not only is everybody going to hate her, they're also going to hate him because he came with her. They're not going to hate him. Why not? He was They need there. a relief and she he's the relief from her. But he was there. He came not, with her he forces. Was there, They're not going to know he that he didn't want to do this. Right, but when it comes to the the people that are up for the throne, you're going to go for the one that's less violent but, anyway. But none of them are going to think that he's less violent. None of them are going to think that he wasn't in on this. Well, but that's not necessarily bad for him. It's probably good for him. The closest person to her is by what everyone sees is John. And so they're going to think that John was in on this plan. And that's not going to be good for him because this has destroyed the hearts and minds of the people. I think, no, I think as soon as John says, I didn't know, they'll be like, okay, I do. What? What are you talking about? I, I think that he's untouchable. No, I I do. They're going to believe him just because he says it? No way. I don't think, I think that he's like, yeah, I think he's kind of an untouchable character. Unless, okay, here's the only way that he can prove it is by killing Daenerys. Exactly. And I don't think that he's against that anymore. That's I think so that he would have been against it if he hadn't seen her doing all this. But when he's looking at the sky, like, what the fuck is she doing? Come on. Like, he was done. He's done with her. You know, the impression being that John is the closest one to Daenerys, but of course, you know, that awesome scene, again, like that Michael Corleone fireplace scene where Daenerys sends Grey Worm out as though Grey Worm wasn't just going to leave automatically. Like, he has to be told to leave because he's now feeling like he's closer to Daenerys. And in fact, he is. He was in on this and was... Th this whole plan like they were going to slaughter them regardless and he was in on it of course because you know they killed his girlfriend and you think well yeah that's true you, but you think that they were going to do it regardless oh yeah oh, no yeah, totally. gray worm w understood that regardless when they they're going to get them to surrender they're going to ring the bells and then they're going to kill everyone yeah I think that he didn't realize that until he saw the dragon flying overhead and then he was like well fuck it Mm, I don't think so. No, I think they that mm. that they had they had established that it, perhaps right before John came in for that fireplace scene that 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 was the. Well, I thought it was I thought it was weird that Grey Worm was leading the army instead of Jon Snow, who was in the second line. Now, but that's that's Grey Worm's army, right? 
Yeah, the Unsullied. The Unsullied. That is great word. But what's interesting okay. is... But he's not the most powerful one there. Uh, he's, like, in charge of the Unsullied. He's, like, you know, one for Daenerys, like, he's, like, in charge of the forces. But what's, what's interesting is somebody predict... Someone made a prediction a couple of years ago. They're like, you know, Daenerys with her dragon, the Unsullied, and the Dothraki. All those people together with the dragon, she looks like a... F- uh, a stereotypical um, bad person with an evil army, you know, because the Dothraki and the Unsullied, they're, they they look like the final boss army in a video game. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I felt like I kind of saw that in this episode, especially in the preview when you see the trailer right at the end of the credits. You see the, the Unsullied mark, you know, in position, and you see the Dothraki, and, you, and, and it looks like this uh, evil, stereotypical, like, evil dead fantasy army. With these, like, you know, barbarian-looking people and the Unsullied. They look like what the Army of Dead would... Like the stereotypical bad guys. still can't believe they only lost half of their uh, forces in the, the battle with the, the Night King. But that whatever. We can't, whatever. can't keep going back to that, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, you love that director. And he directed this episode. Now, you know, so we should talk a little bit just about the, the choreography and the way this is shot. It's just beautiful beautiful is a weird thing to say i know as you're watching people get slaughtered but the 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 quickness the the just the color so even to like compare it to how dark episode three was which didn't really bother me i i think it was actually kind of cool it felt like natural natural lighting i was glad it was dark because then i didn't have to see everything But of course, that was the one that you probably would have preferred to see because, again, it's just like cartoon zombies, whereas here you get the full light of day of watching actual people get killed, which is, I feel, much more brutal to watch. Like, yeah, how did you feel watching this one? Oh, I just felt like, uh, I I don't know, as soon as she started going like through it, I was like, oh, everybody's dead. I was sad with the, the mom and the daughter. That scene was pretty sad. It was like Pompeii with yeah. The, oh, yeah. when she died. Yeah. It was you, you really see this, you know, indiscriminate you, you, you really see this villainous side of her. Yeah. You see the Mad King's lineage because the Mad King wanted to blow up King's Landing with wildfire. So it's cool there, there's a little homage to it when she's lighting up the place and then you see the green fire out. Oh, so this is what her father had wanted to do is blow up King's Landing? Yeah. But no. uh, Jamie Lannister killed the king before he could do it so he killed the pyromancer and then he killed the king was that previous to game of thrones or yeah, this is before game of this thrones. before game of thrones that's why he's called the king slayer okay how do you think how do you think she's gonna walk back and <laughs> later just be like wow that was crazy <laughs> i had too much to drink <laughs> as jared would say this is why i need my morning coffee i think she's gonna she knows she's going to have to kill Tyrion. She's going to give Jon one chance, but she's going to know that he's not going to take it. She's going to have him killed. I would really like, to, I wouldn't mind a, a very bleak ending that she kills them and maybe Arya somehow gets in there and kills her at the very end. I think so too. I think Arya will kill her. Yeah, they've made Arya into this kind of like superhero. I don't know about this whole bullshit about her being able to change faces. What, what is this bullshit? I don't, I don't like that. But... Part of the House of the Undying, she learned Ugh. that technique. But yeah. Oh, I just pulled an Amy. <laughs> it's called makeup. Yeah. <laughs> makeup. No, but no, I guess like she's like shape-shifting, sort of like, um, you know, the Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible movies with those masks. Oh, the and face stuff mask. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I I don't want to see that. I hope it doesn't. It probably will come down to that, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it either, honestly. Yeah, because it feels like a a, a cheat, right? Yeah, it's kind of cheesy. <sighs> I'd on. love to see it. It's weird how you know some things like feel like they go too far. The dragons, I'm somehow willing to accept, even though it, they're they're ridiculous too. But I, I I'm more willing to accept dragons than the shape shifting shit. You know, and I'm more willing to accept uh, the the Night King and his army horde than than that. By the way, I I I really like that scene between uh, her and Sandor, uh, the Hound. Oh, uh, when they're as Daenerys is blowing everything up and they're going in to get Cersei. That that scene. Yeah. When he tells her to to go to go on and go home. Yeah. You know, you see the pat. You know their hostilities in the past. But, you know, and, and and through the series, you're really intimidated by the Hound, you know? There, there's something intimidating, but, he, but you know, but, but you know he has, like, a soft side to him, but he's so blinded by revenge. Like, he really wants to kill his brother, as we've seen in this episode, which was, again... Oh, like that was his brother? Yeah. yeah. Un, his undead brother. Huh. Jared told us that uh, last week um, that this was, I guess... I get I, very confused. I was hearing um, throughout the week on, on other podcasts, there, the something bowl? The Clagan bowl. Clagan bowl. That's their last name. Their last name is Clagan. Okay, so it's the Clagan bowl, and uh, we got it. Um, the Hound, I got to say, the, just to step back, not one of my favorite characters. I don't know. He's like the, one of the least charming, I, I feel like, interesting people like on the show. Very seems very dull. Yeah, well, in this season, maybe he kind of comes off of that. Maybe one. that, yeah. But but the, but, the, but you see a strike of like he like he's aware that his path of revenge is not going to end well, and mm-hmm. I like how he tells her, you know, look at you know that look at look 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 at me. Do you want to end up like this? I thought that I thought that was cool. Oh yeah, I, I'll give you that. That was that was cool, and he does uh, in essence sort of save her. Now I loved the <laughs> when. When he confronts uh, the mountain with what the fuck is the mountain's name? Uh, Gregor. Gregor. So he confronts Gregor and Cersei and Clyborn coming down the stairs. Uh, wants to fight Claygor. Sir Gregor. 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 Okay. Or you can say the mountain. I just combined Clay Clyborn and so the mountain. I'm just gonna fucking use the mountain. See so what he confronts. This is why I'm confused. Yeah. There's okay. So the mountain is names. like the big Sorry. dead dude. I think you should start over. Okay. <laughs> uh, so when the Hound confronts the Mountain, Circe, and Clyborn coming down the stairs after he's just had this uh, discussion with Arya, telling her to go, you don't want to end up dead or like me, and he he wants to fight um, the Mountain, his brother, and Circe says, no, don't go. Stay beside me because Circe's, you know, she's like uh, on her last legs. Like she knows she's about to die. She needs all the protection she can get. And so the mountain turns around and just takes Clyborn and throws him down, down the stairs, <laughs> kills him. Cool. And then Circe just kind of looks and is like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to step out of here. <laughs> it's it was like, like a oh. moment fun. She's like, I'm not going to say. You okay, need a hand on your business. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'll get back to you. <laughs> she just walks out and they let her just walk by. Like yeah. the hound. What, what, what the like, fuck, uh, hound? Check, please. Yeah. Check, please. Are you going to make your brother more angry by killing Cersei as she's walking by you? Why can't you just kill her? That's what Arya wanted to do, and that's what you said you were going to do. And she walks right by him. Well, like you said, she's going to die either by dragon fire or the building collapsing. Or, you know, I could not 
wait for nature to run its course and I could just kill her right there and still be able to fight my brother. But he he's But so that focused. wasn't his death that to take though. It was her it was it was Daenerys' death. Well, but wait, I felt like now this begs another question. Why did he tell Arya to go right there? Like, if she'd hung around for one more minute, she could have just killed Cersei and then run off. Like, she would have been okay. Well, Because that's not... It's Daenerys versus Cersei. It's not our Arya. I'm not even convinced that Cersei died in the end. I think she did. She may not have, but I think she did. But... Just go, they've made it this far into King's Landing, she into died. the castle. No, she did die at the end. She did die because she died with the one that she loved, Jamie. No, again, you all, all you saw was a cloud of dust. We saw that happen with Arya like uh, a minute later, and Arya was had survived that. It was the exact same sort of shot. Like the the walls are collapsing, and we're like, wow. I'm like, oh, they they killed Arya with falling debris. No, she's alive. Like that's, that's no, because insane. the building that she leaned against for protection that she was shielding herself with didn't fall down. The whole castle fell down on top of them. I don't know about that. We'll, well see he, next the point week. Is, she kills Cersei, she loses her humanity. Who? Arya? Yeah, but when she runs away with all the peasants and stuff, when she's getting like pelted by the fire and acting like it's trying to act like a superhero or whatever, you know, that cheesy shit. She's getting in touch. You know, it, it seems like she's like, all right. This is my purpose is to be, you know, it, it was, it, I think it was in touch with her humanity, her, her caring about the people. Well, I like the fact that the people that she was trying to save ended up dying. Yeah. So that kind of, that it yeah, was turning, it was You're turning like, oh, in. She's going to be a hero. Well, yeah, because, it, because it, it, it at least avoids the cliche superhero or action movie. Like I'm going to save the two innocents. No, you tried to, they died. They died. That's more realistic. At least again, I know realistic is weird in a show with dragons, but Arya's humanity. How many people has she killed throughout? Her, she's like an assassin. You keep saying she's an assassin. Yeah, it's true. But you know, she was going through a dark path. But I think, I think this is the nail in the yeah. But she's killed people in the past. Yeah, like true. and people, bad people, bad people, right? Like Cersei. Cersei's a bad person. She sure. had Missande beheaded last week, and now all of a sudden, it's uh, I'm not going to stick with this goal for one more minute to walk around this corner and see Cersei and I and kill Cersei and save the guy I, I, well I don't know what you'd be saving Focus now you, know, you gotta save now you gotta save everybody from Daenerys but that's a point point taken that's a pretty good point <laughs> but the, it was like seriously like a minute later that they run into them yeah and Arya could have had her moment yeah that's true. but I mean people are allowed to change their minds but she didn't change her mind. She was told by the hound to leave because I thought it was more like because it's kind of futile. We, we, they, they don't know where Cersei is. Yeah. Right. But then conveniently they find it. And it's also more another convenient scene is uh, Euron washing up on shore right there where Jamie's walking around trying to get into king's landing okay that's uh that's nice and convenient that they get to i'm glad he died who you're on yeah he went from having a crush to him and like i'm glad he's dead yeah yeah he and and nothing ever really came he was still like thumping the idea that he was the one who impregnated cersei right yeah 
What? What? How the fuck does he even justify that to himself? If in last episode, Tyrion brings up your baby, Tyrion can't know that she's pregnant unless she's been pregnant for a substantial amount of time prior to Euron and Cersei having sex, right? So what the fuck? What an idiot. Good riddance. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 Sorry, I'm getting a little heated here. You For an episode that I liked. This is the episode you liked too, by the way. Yeah, I, I really liked I think this is pro this is the best one. Did. This is the best one so far. Oh, I bet next week will be even better. Uh next week will be interesting. Again, I I I, I if it's not the same director, who knows what we're gonna get. Dude, yeah, I know. I, I, I don't you know, it's a big question mark for me. There there really is just, you know, you you can feel the touch of the director. Um so much in in these shows we haven't talked about the claygore bowl um this was something that has been built up for uh many seasons and i mean how how many times do we have to be surprised that when you stick a sword into a dead something that's dead like it's not going to necessarily kill it because it's already dead why is the hound then why did blood come off on the sword i don't know but it didn't seem to bother him too much True. Only fire can kill them. Uh, he's he he's like this is separate. This is, he was revived through necromancy. So is he still dead? Because again, we see them fall off the building. But again, until unless you see the corpse and have it confirmed, I feel like they're not necessarily dead. Is even the hound dead? I think he's dead. But you know, Amy. Yeah, he fell. <laughs> And, He's and not fire. even a whole thing anymore. Well, maybe not the hound, but um, did the did the mountain die? Uh, yeah, fire killed him. His whole body is split apart. But how do you know that? We didn't see that. That's true. Because he fell what fifty stories. But again, he's a supernatural being. <sighs> I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> I, I want you to have dead. this conversation. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Engage. The, the, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he's dead. You're trying to cause trouble. You see him from afar fall in. Maybe they fell into the King's Landing uh, pillow truck. You, you know, that, that's usually what happens. And there these were no trucks. There were trucks. There were rickshaws. There were definitely. I saw at least one rickshaw, and it yeah, had, it could have had a could have had a stack of pillows. Well, it's a truck for medieval times. No, you're a mess. You're running this into the it's ground a wagon. right now. It's a wagon. It had four wheels. Maybe not a rickshaw, but it had four wheels. It was a wagon. No. It's a pillow mm-hmm. wagon. No. That guy's business is no. going to be booming as soon as this is all over. Because people are, are going to want a a comfortable place to lay their head once, once all this is over. It's a good investment. All right. So predictions for next week. Amy? You may go first. I think we should just predict who's going to be the throne holder. Absolutely. Yeah. If they don't tell us next week, then... It's going to be John. It's going to be John. I agree. I think so. I... This is what Derek's doing right now. He wants to say <laughs> someone else to disagree, but he knows that it will be John. So he's having trouble no. processing. You said that after we watched it. You're like, yeah, he's going to kill. John's going to kill Daenerys and get uh, the you, throne. You, I'm going to cut that for sure because I can't have Amy <laughs> Amy hearing that. Well, I guess she heard it, but I can't have I it going out. I love being right. I ha- can't have it going out to our listener. Um, 
let's <laughs> your brother i'll let, call him i i think he stopped listening i think he, he said it was, it was getting to be a bit much <laughs> oh my mom did too yeah oh no uh we have we lost both of our listeners oh my dad my dad is uh actually uh listening not only is my dad not seeing the previous seven seasons he isn't even watching this season he's still (laughs) listening that's great (laughs) that's the love of a parent yeah i'm like i'm like what are you okay now you just i mean you thought we were bad for ruining our experience. You know, just totally fucked everything. But okay, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> no, it's not that I. It's not that I necessarily disagree. But uh, I we can't all bet on the same the same number. So there's got to be at least one dissenting idea. So I will say, even though I I believe that that could be true, but I don't want that. This this episode they went dark. So they've proven that they are willing to go dark now. All right, the long night is behind us. Uh, they pull punches there. They're not pulling punches now. So are they going to be willing to give a happy ending where John Stark is on the throne? Maybe, but could it be Tyrion instead? Could oh. John be killed? And there is still, by the way, the possibility that Tyrion has been playing both Daenerys and Cersei. Okay, he sends Jaime to go help Cersei get away, but that's because he knows that it's not like she's ever going to be queen anymore. Yeah, it could be Tyrion. How about Gendry and Arya? I it's that's just seems Maybe. I, I still think that it's possible that it could be Tyrion and it's either Tyrion be, and it turns out that fun. he has been sincere and good all along or Tyrion and he was playing both sides uh all along. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um That I wouldn't mind. And even if it's ambiguous, even if there's only like just a couple lines that could indicate that he was plotting this all along and just leave it at that. That that would be good. Be cool. I'm going to go <laughs> then with that. They should, they, this should just be called Trust No One. My understanding of the show throughout all seasons has been just plotting and backstabbing and yeah. lying and conniving and all of that. So I think that's totally possible. A, a couple characters yeah. have said Trust No One, including Varys and Littlefinger. And now Amy Schenker. There you go. See? You're in <laughs> Maybe I'll be the queen. <laughs> All right. There go. Get that Iron Throne. Amy, where can people find out more about you if, if they would like? Oh, you can. Let's see. You can see me on Twitter at Amy Shanker, S-H-A-N-K-E-R, and at Hotmail. No, wait. At, um, hotmail. hotmail. <laughs> How old am I? I think they had Hotmail back at the time of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a GOC. I'm doing it for the... For this, that's why I kept my hotmail. Let them know where to find you on MySpace, too. Don't forget that. It's just at Amy Shanker on all social media, including MySpace. Great. All right. <laughs> cool. I can't wait to see how you've uh, personalized your MySpace page. <laughs> Who's in your top 15? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I better be in there. I only have a top three. Oh, oh okay. Wow, it's I'm top? in the top three. Look at that. Top three. No. Ugh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jared, where can people find out more about you? Dude, I thought I got rid of my Twitter, but my Twitter won't go away. I know, you keep saying that, and then I see you liking and retweeting shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jared Levin lost, so there goes my comedy career. And then <laughs> on Instagram, my name is uh, my name backwards, so it's at Daraj Nivelle. All right. And Friendster. And Friendster. Okay, cool. All right. Um, What's Friendster? It was MySpace that was shittier. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was a precursor oh, to God. Facebook. Yeah. 
It came after MySpace? My... It came before it. Oh, Friendster, then MySpace and Facebook, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All that right. makes sense. Hey, where can people find you? Uh, they can find out more about this podcast and other nonsense at uh, bandcast.com and at bandcast at Twitter. And you have questions, uh, comments, uh, corrections. You can send those to uh, Twitter at bandcast or just bandcast at gmail.com. Yeah, where's, where's the questions at? We're going to be back next week, as always, with the last episode of Game of Thrones season eight, and it will be it will be a good one. Uh, so thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. It's like I'm done with this conversation. Bye-bye.